Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, where we're in the thick of the jump season now. We're going to an extremely uh, exciting time of the season where a lot of horses are getting unleashed. And this rain has really helped the ground. We've gone from walkovers to having race meetings cooled off because of waterlogged. But it looks like we've got a really, really decent uh, national hump ground for um, a good looking fixture at Cheltenham this weekend which we will be previewing. Um, just a, a reminder that we had a jumps preview podcast that went out earlier this week, the ultimate jumps preview podcast as Dan Overall joined myself, uh, Tom Collins and, and Ross Miller to cover all the main championship divisions. And there are even a couple of horses that we touched upon that will be appearing out over the next couple of weeks. So well worth your time listening to. Um, but we are going to focus on the uh, main races from this weekend um, as our audience of play this week and it is the Paddy Power Gold Cup and it is really the first of a series of these two and a half mile handicap chases at Cheltenham which we get our teeth into over the course of the season so we've got a lot of horses that we're very familiar with uh, returning to the track that they love not least the admirable cool Cody um, who is who returns to his happy hunting ground but this race uh, at the moment from a betting perspective is shaped by French Dynamite from Miles Morris and Dara Keith. Um, with um, odds around about four to one at present. The Irish don't have a great record in this race, um, but they do send over a flurry of horses to Cheltenham this weekend. Golor is at six to one, Il Rodoto seven to one, um, as well as Stolen Silver. Galahad Quest is 10 to one. Uh, Midnight River uh, is 12 to one. Editor de Geet at 14, as is Happy Go Lucky and Mr. Fisher. And Umbregado and 20 to one for the Cheltenham hero that is Cool Cody. So there's good value in around here for some horses that love it at Cheltenham. But I've got to start with Tom Collins first because a horse, and not to give away too much from the ultimate uh, jumps preview, but a horse that you are really excited about seeing this season lines up in Il Rodoto. So how do you think he'll fare in this lineup? Yeah, so he's my dark horse in the 2022 ultimate jumps guide. Um, as you say, <clears throat> don't want to give away too much, but uh, I'm basically going to give away a lot here <laughs> with the dark horse because it's kind of my case for why I think he's got a great chance in Cheltenham's feature on Saturday. Now, whether this will be the race that I think he's going to perform at his best in this year, I don't know, because he's coming off a 224-day layoff. He's had a wind up. There are reasons to believe that maybe he's not going to be 100% ready. But what I will say is I think he's extremely well handicapped off a mark of 140. And if he can produce anything like his best, whether he's 90%, 95% ready to go, I think he's got a fantastic chance. Maybe he goes off around 10 to 1 as well, which will be a good each-way price. So, the reason why I like him, other than the fact that his profile is really good, Paul Nichols obviously striking at 46% in the last two weeks. His horses are flying. Um, is the fact that this horse showed plenty last year. He was just a four-year-old when he joined Nichols from France. First time up, he needed to run behind Warlord, but Warlord's a good horse, albeit he didn't show it on his seasonal reappearance this year. Second time at Newbury, he got pace up front, pace to chase in his race. It allowed him to settle. And when he settled, he produced a real sparkling display. Now, that came off a mark of 131. He beat a horse called Numitor, who's very good, especially around Newbury. Um, but he did it in the style of a horse who could be contesting uh, grade three or grade two level later in his career. Obviously, he was just a four-year-old last season. So this was a horse who was just a shell of what he's going to be. Then he had a couple of interesting performances in races I don't really think he should have been running in, including the Grand Annual at the Cheltenham Festival. 
that effort that day was the the most eye-catching performance in my opinion of the 2022 Cheltenham Festival I thought it was supremely uh, eye-catching he moved into the race down the hill in atrocious conditions he was the only horse actually from the rear that actually made a move into that race he flattened out late on but I think the ground took its toll last time out he just didn't show his best I think he was over the hill so Ilwardoto, if he can bounce back to anything like his early season form at Newbury last year, or even that Cheltenham run in March, I think he's got a phenomenal chance of the mark of 140 here. Yeah, the mark is what I was going to touch on because he was dropped a pound after that run at air. Um, and since his, his peak of 143, he's now down to this mark of 140. And uh, with the likes of, of Mr. Fisher in this race, sort of making it a, a lot easier, you know, Mr. Fisher with a mark of 156, a, a rating of 140. And, and the weight that uh, Irodoto has is quite favourable, isn't it? Yeah, it's very favourable. Only 10 stone 12 on his back. Harry Cobden takes the ride. You've got other very good horses in here. We can't forget that this isn't going to be a cakewalk for him. As confident as I am, he's going to run well. Mm. The likes of Stolen Silver is a great jumper. Gar Law showed promise on his re- reappearance after a long layoff. But at the same time, he just stands out to me like a sore thumb in this field. He is that horse that has that potential to improve into a horse that's much better than this level. French Dynamite people may confuse him with Il Rodoto as the horse that has the biggest ceiling. But at the same time, like, Ildoto's more than double the price of French Dynamite. Well, I imagine he will be at the off. So I have to take Paul Nichols' runner in this race. Okay, right. Ildoto, confidence behind uh, Tom Collins' dark horse for the season. Um, might not be so dark after this weekend if he does perform to the way that uh, Tom is hoping him, him to. He does have a very nice profile for this. And Ross, it is a case of a, a good few of these that could be bordering on grade level. And we have actually seen um, a, a plenty of them, uh, including the favourite French Dynamite perform at grade three level when he when he won uh, the Pierce Maloney uh, novices chase back at Thurless in March. But the Irish don't have a great record in this race um although he is he must be a standout profile wise but as tom has touched on there are horses in here that are making the most of a handicap mark which their trainers probably think that they're better at better than yeah i mean french dynamite you have to respect these irish horses coming into handicaps and he's only got one pound as i call it irish tax um that the uk handicap has given him and i would think probably par is normally three or, or or four pound but all of his best form comes on right-handed tracks. He's only won once going left-handed, and that was when one to seven on. Um, so I could find enough reason to take him on. Uh, whether he's going to have enough boot round here as well, because we're on the old course, his ride's a little bit sharper. He's got plenty of form at sort of two mile five plus. So at the prices, I could take him on. I mean, it wouldn't be a surprising winner, but I'm happy to take him on. Normally, I look at these handicaps, and I, I love these two and a half mile handicaps around Cheltenham. Normally, I look at one, and, and there's something that really stands out. I think this is really tricky, really tricky. I could make a case case for plenty. I mean, I think TC's hit on it. I mean, Il Rodoto, Paul Nichols is very confident these horses are going to take a big step forward from four into their five-year-old season and on the back of a wind up. But I think you are putting a lot of hope on that wind up. Cool Cody, time and time again last year, I found myself saying, oh, he's on an increased mark and it's probably going to find him out. And he just kept finding a bit more. But he is six pound higher now than when winning at the festival. I think that is probably going to going to stop him. Galahad Quest is interesting. You know, he's he's only two pound above his last winning mark. But I worry about his jumping in a big field handicap. He normally makes one mistake that gets him on the back foot. Um, I mean, even Mr. Fisher and, and Simply the Bets, I could make a case for them. I mean, Mr. Fisher... It's got David Maxwell, who claims three. So he's technically weighted to reverse form with, with stolen silver. 
they're going to go handicap uh, hunter chasing with him later in the season so they're not not trying to make i think a move on his on his mark it's just whether he's ready first time out and the concern that put me off was that david maxwell's only had uh, 12 rides this season one in the last 14 days as an out and out amateur i think he does need a volume of rides sometimes to really sort of get to his get to his mark mr fisher i think will love the ground so off a mark of 156 having been rated 160 and that mark of 160 looks fair given it was when he sort of went to that mark when beating Eldorado Allen, who's a solid 160. I think he's rated 162 now. Could make a chance for him, but I think he struggles to win first term out. Probably got an eye on the Peterborough Trace. So the one I came down on was Galore, and I really love him. I thought he's a super, super jumper, and jumping will be at a premium round here. I think he can be ridden fairly prominently. My concern is that having run so well in the old Roan chase off a 600-plus day layoff, there is that lurking, niggling doubt that they can bounce, which is when they inexplicably run badly on their next start after running well on a first start after a long break. But he's still on a mark of 142. Very progressive. He's got some super form in grade three and grade two novice chases. Um, Jamie Snowden's going really well. Four winners from 14 runners in the last 14 days. Four others have finished in runner-up. Jumped beautifully Jonathan Burke last time. I think he's probably the most progressive horse in this field. I think there's plenty more in his mark. I'm certainly be better than 142 eventually. And so with a slight reservation about this dreaded bounce factor, I think he's a really mm. interesting horse. Skinny enough price for me, six to one in a big field handicap, but I could find holes in plenty of others. So he's the one for me. Yeah, he's got an an interesting profile compared to some of the others who are slightly exposed. You don't really know where where he's at. He's obviously highly regarded. If you go back to his uh, his novice chasing days when he won the Rising Star Race at Wincanton and bolted up beating Hurricane Harvey, obviously just a three runner affair. He's he's never contested in a big deep field handicap. That's the only thing I would I would worry about him. He's not he's not been tried in in a race like this and bar bar the old Rowan Chase last time out, which is only eight runners. It's it's been it's been sort of very easy for him. So this is a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? It is. What I liked about the old Roan was that Miller's Bank uh, lost uh, Keelan Woods at the first and then made a right nuisance of himself for about the first circuit of the track, you know, jumping across others. And Galore definitely got unsighted at a number of fences and had a far from smooth passage on the on the first circuit. He was down on the inner. Uh, second circuit, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Burke moved a bit more outside and gave him some more light, but he coped really well with the loose horse jumping across him. He didn't seem to get distracted. Eight runners, yeah, okay, you're going to have a few more here now, but uh, I think he's a, a pretty composed jumper, and I liked how he measured his fences and, and, and jumped really low and low and slick. So, yeah, that is a concern, but at some point he's going to have to step into these handicaps, and I guess we'll know more on uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, uh, another aspect is obviously don't know how he's going to act around Cheltenham, which is the one thing that I would I would I would credit you've got, you know the horses that have been there done that is a is a positive when looking to try and work out these races. Um, but galore for for Ross for a yard that's going really well as you say, Jamie Snowden. Um, I'm also um, going to follow in a, a yard that's going really going really well in terms of the start to their season. That's the Sam Thomas yard. I think Stolen Silver might go off shorter than around about seven to one that he is at the moment because his his record at Cheltenham speaks for itself the last three times he's appeared there he had, he, he was a 
winner um, in at the April meeting. He was fourth um, behind Cool Cody in the plate. Um, he was a good second um, uh, back um, over a, a shorter trip than this at the, the same November meeting last season. And I just think he's really steadily progressive. He's he's getting quite high in the handicap now with a mark of 150. So he's a, he's one that's definitely, and that's based on the fact that he's won a grade two at Cheltenham. So back in handicap company, interesting, but I think he's one that really relishes these tests. He's a brilliant jumper. Love the way that he um, he jumps a fence. Um, Sam Tristan Davis gets a really good uh, tune out of him as well. Um, and I think this could be one of the last times we probably see him in this type of race because he will be, um, if he does, if he, if he runs, well on fresh back after a break um he'll have to be in better races than this so i like his profile um so stolen silver for me um il Rodoto for um tom and uh galore for ross um in what is a really good field to the paddy power gold cup chase um got quality horses and that's to be said throughout the course of the weekend as i said I think everyone's relieved that the the tracks have had proper rain, um, haven't need to worry about watering. Um, it's a fishy at the moment, good to soft. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount of rain due, uh, but let's hope that they can maintain it. Um, but we do have three days of quality action. Obviously got the Greatwood on Sunday, got the Schler chase. Um, so plenty of options um, for our, our team to, to pick from in terms of our best bets. Um, but obviously there's racing throughout the weekend. Um, there's even some flat racing um, if we want to dip into that as well. But I'll come to, um, to TC first and get your best bet from the whole weekend. Yeah, so my best bet is going to be over jumps. I will come to flat racing in due course. Um, the 12.43 at Weatherby. Um, only five runners go to post in this uh, novice limited handicap chase, but all five runners have a good chance of winning. Mariko Devassi, who I think Ross likes, uh, makes his reappearance. Manella Plus looks for a hat trick. The consistent Nero Rock is in there, and Laura Morgan's got one as well. So, Laura Morgan. So, the, the field is pretty strong, but the horse I really like is Zaccone Rebel. This is the 12.43 at Weatherby as well, I'll just reiterate. Now, he made a winning chase debut at, at Fontwell um, a couple of weeks back, and it was a really good effort. That day, I put him straight in my tracker because the way he jumped looked like he'd been doing this. He's been jumping fences for years, but actually, obviously, it was his first run over the bigger obstacles. Now, last year, he had a few runs uh, in novice hurdles, and he performed very well against some good opposition. He's rated 129 over fences, which I think is extremely lenient. Toby Laws has made a, a great start to his training career. Now, people don't necessarily associate Toby Laws with having good horses, and he doesn't have the best of strings right now. But I think Zaccone Rebel could become that top horse for him. And off a mark of 129, like, I just have to back him. Toby Laws is 29% so far with his runners this year as well. So if Zaccone Rebel can jump as well as he did on Chase debut at Fontwell, I think he can jump these rivals into the ground and win the 12 for 43 at Weatherby. Okay, thanks, um, Tom. That's a really interesting um, uh, position there for Zaccone Rebel. Um, looks like he has a cracking chance in the 12.43 at Weatherby, as you say. Um, Ross, have you, are you at Weatherby or any other jump track over the course of the weekend? I've gone to Weatherby um, for the uh, 1.53. I was frustrated when they got these odd times. The 1.53, and the horse I like is Defi Sacra. Um, Richard Hobson trained. I mentioned on the uh, ultimate... Uh, jumps preview podcast that you can put a line through all of Richard Hobson's form last year he just couldn't get his horses right uh, and I think five runs Deppy Sacra had last year two in France and three in the UK tells you everything you need to know about how difficult Richard Hobson was finding to get his horses right because previously he'd run 10 times 12 times a season uh, thankfully he's dropped from a mark of 129 down to a mark of 117 still only a nine-year-old so there's legs in the old boy yet I think um, 
well suited by a flat left-handed track. He's got very good form around Newbury, including a couple of wins. Brian Hughes is a really eye-catching booking, I think. Richard Hobson's horses have been running really well lately. Uh, Rides on the Storm actually was second in the old Roan that we mentioned after a mammoth layoff. Um, so I think uh, dropping down the weights, 10 stone, 10 on his back. I can see Depi Sacra going really well in the 153 at Weatherby. Okay, yes, yeah, that, that more um, more acknowledgement to the the Ultimate Jumps preview um, podcast where, yeah, as you say, that was mentioned um, about the Richard Hobson team. So, yeah, let's hope um, that uh, he can have a have a cleaner run of things this this time round um, and uh, your section helps you out there as well. Um, for me, um, I am going to the Amateur Jockeys Handicap Chase at Cheltenham on Saturday, um, the 110. And a night in Lambourne, the mare, she ran an absolute blinder um, in a, a lesser version of this, a, a 0-125 version of an Amateur Handicap um, Chase at uh, Cheltenham last time, where a blunder at the last um, meant that she wasn't able to go and win it. But she's up... Um, a fair few pounds and now is in a, in a in a tougher version of this race it's not 140 so um she's going to have to improve again but she's actually at the weights it, she's it's still an advantage there's a the plenty of horses that are, are helping her weight uh, in here um she has got jack andrews on board who is a, a very capable and talent, talented rider and uh, we we've talked about plenty of yards that have got off the ground running um this season and the ben pauling team are just absolutely flying um you look through their set of results and nothing has appeared out of the placings um going back the last couple of weeks so that just goes to bode well for how their horses will do this weekend um they've got horses everywhere they've got plenty at cheltenham and um i hope a night in lambourne can um, continue on their good vein of form um on saturday in the one 10 so those are our best bets uh, as as we always do that we've got some place selections as well and tc you found something for us uh, on the flat yeah i'm going to go to the listed golden rose stakes at lingford it's the 235 on saturday 11 runners set to line up it's a fast track qualifier there are some good horses in here as well but i really like exalted angel for a place now i don't really know what price he's going to be i presume he's going to be quite big given he's got around 15 pounds to find with the likes of harry's bar Logo Hunter, Summer Gand, etc. I think he's got six pounds to find with Judicial as well, who's got a good record in this race. But Exalted Angel remains open to loads of improvement, especially on the all weather. And I really expect him to take a big leap forward from his uh, recent reappearance run at York last month, where it was quite clearly just a pipe opener. It was a stiff task to put him back in that race after a long layoff, um, given they've obviously got an all weather campaign in mind over the winter. So I think that was just to blow away the cobwebs. I expect a huge leap forward. And not only is this horse open to more improvement, but he's already shown a good level of form on the all-weather at Lingfield in listed company. He won the catchy stakes um, back in early 2021 in really good time, and it was a good performance visually as well. So I think if he can bounce back to something like that level, then he's got a fantastic chance of winning this race, let alone placing. And I presume, I say presume because I could be wrong here, that he's going to be a double-figure price. So exalted angel in the 235 at Lingfield. Okay, thanks, Tom. A um, bit of flat action to keep um, the the flat enthusiasts interested. Um, Ross, uh, what's your place selection, please? I've gone back to the home and jumping Cheltenham for the two fifty five, the three mile handicap hurdle, and a horse I really like is Fontana Elisi. Runs here off just ten stone two, having been put up two pound. Finished a really eye catching second over two and a half miles at this course behind Seddon ridden really cold out the back on that occasion and was probably given quite a bit to do 
and absolutely flew up the hill. I've been desperate to see this horse over three miles. It's been pretty keen over two earlier in its career. It's started to settle quite nicely now for Sam Drinkwater team. I think he's really well handicapped. Robbie Dunn takes uh, takes the ride. He said when he came back from his suspension, he was going to let his ride and do the talking. And I think he certainly has. He's not had an awful lot of winners in the last 14 days, but he's really struck me. He's riding very well. Horses are jumping beautifully for him, as they often have throughout his career. Um, I think can go well at about 12 to 1. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, good field, that race. Um, really intriguing um, uh, there. And yeah, as you say, um, we'll, uh, I, I was impressed by the way that that horse stayed on strongly. So intriguing. Um, at three miles for the Sam Drinkwater team, Fontana Elisi. Um, I am going to go back to the Paddy Power Gold Cup for my selection for a place play. And it and the place play selection is happy go lucky. Um, sees the return of this uh, son of Jeremy, um, but for the Kim Bailey team, he had a minor tendon injury uh, last season, um, which ruled him out. Um, but he is a horse with huge amount of talent. Um, seen by the way that he uh, he ran at Cheltenham at the festival, he was beaten second by Vintage Clouds, but ran an absolute blinder as a novice in that race. And as I said a shame that he was uh, ruled out of last season with that tension injury so that's the reason why he'll be um a, i'd imagine a double figure price around 14 to 1 because he's likely potentially to need the run but going back on his form which isn't a huge amount to go on because he hasn't done a huge amount of racing for an eight-year-old only around the nine times he has gone well fresh after a break um he just loves it around cheltenham his record speaks for itself um he's uh won there and, and placed on on two occasions too and i think that he he deserves to to run a good race here and come on from this as well so i'd like to see him show up for uh kim bailey and david bass on board so that's in the paddy power uh gold cup so looking forward to that race indeed um as we mentioned the surf chase and the great wood hurdle also on sunday um so there's plenty of action over the course of three days um for you to to get your teeth into um we, as always, have an opportunity now to go back to Tom and get his stat attack for the weekend. Where, why have you gone to? What have you found for us? Yeah, well, throughout the flat season, I was, I kind of realised I was focusing these stat attacks on some of the leading names. You know, your John and Sadie Gosden, your William Haggis, your Frankie Tory. So I thought during the jump season, let's uh, go for some names that aren't necessarily as well known. Because, you know, we could always talk about incredible strike rates of Paul Nichols, Nicky Henderson, etc. So I'm going to bring up Anne Hamilton. Now, I know Ross has brought up this stat before, but uh, in 2020 and 2021 combined, Anne Hamilton boasted a 36% strike rate for a near £50 profit to £1 level stakes with their horses. Just a phenomenal couple of years with a small string, but a talented string. Now, this year hasn't started in the same way. She's just one from eight. But I think maybe her horses have needed the run more than usual. Um, the only actual winner so far this year has been Tommy's Oscar. Now, Tommy's Oscar is the horse that this stat attack uh, relates to because he runs in the Arkle trial at Cheltenham on Saturday, the 145. He had his first run this year. He won, albeit in a very weak and small field. Um, but now he bounces back into this bigger, more competitive heat. And Hamilton hasn't had many runners at Cheltenham, just two in her career. So this will be an interesting spot. And let's see if Anne Hamilton can rack up another winner. Okay, thanks for that. Tommy's Oscar, uh, worth following in um, as part of TC's stat attack. Um, that comes to the end of our podcast this week, um, previewing the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Um, it's just definitely worth watching. Just what a, a really good competitive race that we've got to look forward to. Um, but we've also given you a bet of the week, a place play, um, and plenty for you to go home and think about. Um, a reminder that new SB Cast. 
SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by betting £10. Remember to take a, uh, a, a go back to the Ultimate Jumps preview podcast on whatever podcast uh, streaming service you listen to. You can also watch it on YouTube as well. And there is plenty more uh, content to be found on our YouTube channel um, as well as SBK Ambassador content. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed. As always, remember to like and subscribe. We'll be back again with you next week. Have a wonderful weekend.